Good morning, everybody. Happy Friday and welcome to the Rangers Review Morning Briefing for Friday the 3rd of March. I'm Derek Clark and I'm delighted to say we're joined as ever on a Friday by the lovely face of Chris Jack. How are we getting on, Chris? Not too bad, Derek. Thanks for picking me up. It's been a difficult week. <laughs> Not half. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a, another eventful uh, week in the world of Rangers. And um, Before we talk Rangers, folks, and um, uh, there is plenty to talk about as ever, just about housekeeping, as you know. Um, first of all, you can see the little ticker below if you're watching us uh, on Twitter, Facebook or YouTube. We've got the offer on the website just now, just £2 for two months worth of content. Just head over to rangersreview.co.uk forward slash subscribe for all the details. Quick word for our sponsor as well, Seneca Hair Restoration, as you can see there on your screen. These are the top dogs when it comes to uh, uh, reviving the top of your head. If, you, if you're looking for uh, new hair on there, a la Dick Advocate style, then these are the guys to go to. Uh, and I've stuck, the, as always, the, the website and the social media channels in the description box. So do go check them out, folks, if they, that is something you're thinking of. Right, Chris, um, <laughs> Michael Beale's press conference yesterday was it was quite something. Uh, of course, at the first uh, press conference after uh, the disappointing League Cup final defeat on Sunday, it was himself and John Lundstrom uh, that were up for, for the press, uh, looking ahead to tomorrow's game against Kilmarnock, which we will get to at some point. Big talking points, and there's obviously the press conference is split up in a couple of sections. There's a broadcast section where Sky, ourselves, and uh, and other groups, uh, that the podcasters like Heart and Hand and what have you, ask questions to the manager. And then you have the, the daily section where we'll speak to you guys uh, for the papers uh, the next day. The big thing coming out uh, was uh, injury news. Now, he told the broadcast section that John Suter will be back available for selection for tomorrow's game, which is fantastic news, and that Ridvan Yilmaz uh, hopefully will be back uh, for the Rafe Rovers Scottish Cup tie. He needs a bounce game or two uh, before he returns. However, he threw in, he never mentioned at that point, uh, Tom Lawrence has been ruled out for the rest of the season, which is desperately disappointing. Chris, he told it at uh, the tail end of uh, you boys. I think we'll get to that shortly. Uh, it won't be back until the, the tail end of pre-season as well, uh, uh, which is uh, really bad news. And Kamar Roof as well uh, is, has been out. He says he's really struggling at the moment. Uh, Kamar, um, when he told you this, I mean, that is, that is bombshell news, Chris. It's not, not very good news, unfortunately. Um, as we were saying off air, Derek, it's something that we uh, reported a, a couple of weeks ago to say that Tom was Tom was struggling and was likely to, to be out for a while. Uh, I don't think him they expect it to be this long. Um, and I think the phrase tail end of back, of pre-season really paints a really difficult picture for him. Potentially looking at almost 12 months out by the time you get to that stage. I think if the team are yeah. back maybe heading away pre-season the first week in July or so. Um, if you then go through a three, four-week pre-season, if he's back towards the end of that, you're looking to start of August, it's really difficult to come to come back from that because he's obviously lost so much match time. It'll be naturally, obviously, fitness will, it will have lost much like Yanis Hadji. And as, as you've seen with Hadji, it will take time to, to build him back up. So when when can Rangers expect a fully fit and fire and Tom Lawrence to be, to be back on the pitch? Christmas time next year, maybe, um, and by by that stage, lost such a huge chunk of his of his Rangers career. Um, so I really feel for for Tom. I thought he started the season really well. Um, I thought he, he was the type of player that the team the team needed. Clearly, someone that the fans took to early on. I think, um, but he's, he's certainly been a miss, and it's really hard to see where his his Rangers career goes from here. Unfortunately. 
Yeah, absolutely. So many questions come in with, with regards to that. Um, we'll, we'll touch mm-hmm. on a few. Um, Origami Dinosaur, a fantastic username, says, uh, Morning, guys. Sad to hear about Lawrence. Uh, from what I've seen, you look like Rangers material. Still hoping we get to see the best of him. Totally agree. And, and with you, Chris, you look like uh, one of the summer signings. I mean, I, I was enthused when Rangers brought him in. I thought that they'd really want to watch bringing him in uh, from Derby County. Uh, and he started off like a train, you've got to say. He started really impressively uh, before picking up that, that injury against Ross County. This is what uh, Michael Beale said yesterday, folks, on Lawrence and Kamal Roof. Um, Tom Lawrence has had another operation and won't be available until the back end of pre-season. Kamar tried to train on Saturday, but it was no good. Unfortunately, with Kamar, he's going through a tough time at the moment and he will be away to see someone as we need to get to the end of this. He has a problem with his calf, but there are one or two other things that could be leading to that that have been nagging me and him. I've had a real heart-to-heart. He's a boy that I'm really close to. I want to see him get some light at the end of the tunnel. So we're going to get some advice on that with Tom Lawrence. He was back uh, in training in isolation. He had some real discomfort when he was running. They had a look and they had uh, to do a procedure. So he won't be back until the back end of pre-season. Um, it's fair to say the supporters not happy about this, uh, Chris. Um, this uh, point coming. Rob Whiteford says, uh, do the medical team have questions to answer all this time for, for a failed uh, operation? It's echoed by David. Questions need to be asked to the medical team when they say Lawrence had a knock and now it's a season out. Um, that's echoed by a number of people coming in here um, saying questions need to be asked. It's going to lead to that, isn't it? I mean, it is, it, it, can we just put it down to extreme bad luck? I don't think I've ever known a season like this, Chris. I, I can't think of a season where as many key players have has missed as much as much football. Uh, I think the frustrating thing for the fans, it's not been like impact injuries. It's not as if guys have suffered broken legs or broken arms or concussion type type things. Um, and that's then ruled them out for uh, for a long time. It's been niggling ones. It's been things that should, in theory, be preventable. And um, I think a Yilmaz with his uh, muscle injury out for mon- months and months. Now, thankfully, back in training, John Souter, there was always a risk. You've then got longer term ones. Also, Hadji was a was an unfortunate one. Phil Hollander may never be seen in a Rangers jersey again. Kamar Roof may never be seen in a Rangers jersey again, depending on how the next couple of weeks go for him. And I think that's the I think that's the frustrating thing for the fans. Every individual case will always be different. I don't think you can say it's the medical team's fault just because they have had as many. There will be different reasons for individual for in the, every individual player. Um, but certainly, I can't remember a season like it where Rangers have just suffered so so badly. Um, and it's yeah. weird because you, you can't use it as an excuse because at a club like Rangers, there are no excuses. You don't get a pass for not winning games and for losing Champions League games in the manner. You don't get a pass for not winning the league or losing cup finals. There's no excuses, but it has to be taken as a mitigation. It arguably played a part in, in Gio losing his job and it has made Michael Beale's job over this period in the second half of the season. It has made it more difficult come, come the summer. Regardless of what happens um, in terms of transfers and who comes and who goes, the squad has to be in a better, a better place or core physical fitness and be more robust to really see through the season. I know the manager spoke yesterday about maybe bringing the squad size down a wee bit. I think there are too many players there. He wants mm-hmm. to work with a smaller a smaller core. If that's going to be the case, you need guys that are like James Tavernier, that are like Conor Goldson, that are like Ryan Kent, that you can rely on every single week because right now in that squad, there's too many guys that you just can't hang your hat on. Yeah, yeah. 
Lots of comments coming in. Uh, uh, there's a lot of frustration there with, with regards to what's going on with regards to the, the injuries. Aldo says it's too many for it to be bad luck. Something uh, must be wrong in, in the medical department. I'm sure Rangers will be investigating and uh, if it's something training-wise or, or perhaps that's uh, uh, that's a catalyst for, for some of these, then it's absolutely vital they get to the bottom of it because it really has hamstrung Rangers this season. Uh, of that, there is no doubt. Like you say, Chris, going into Champions League matches with makeshifts, defence and uh, almost B teams, uh, if, if you like, with the amount of players that, that are out, really uh, can't continue. Um, there's a, a lot of comments coming. I'm going to touch on. There's another few that we're saying here. Uh, Ross Nielsen um, uh, says, well, touched on his point. John Dooley says injury situation is breaking us uh, as a club, being able to uh, compete. Uh, and Jamie Brown raises a point uh, because we haven't been winning games early doors, we haven't been able to rotate players. This must be addressed in the summer. A complete overhaul in playing style required. This was a, a point that Michael Wheel sort of touched on uh, yesterday, uh, Chris. Uh, he said he needs three or four players that are going to improve the first team squad. Is that is that a revamp for you? Do they need more? Um, actually, I asked, asked him in our uh, daily section, you know, can you put a number on how many will go and how many will uh, come in and understandably he didn't want to say yes it'll definitely be 10 out and, and 12 yeah. in but I, I think four four or five starters four or five guys that are going to come in and play every single week would be a start i think it then depends what the rest of the what the rest of the squad looks like if you're retaining a lot of the guys from this season purely to be squad players and they understand that their minutes are going to be limited you can maybe see the case of keeping some of them on i'm not convinced that that will win over a lot of the fans or a lot of the comment I've seen and the feeling amongst the fans seems to be they're looking for something a bit more radical than that. They are looking at a dozen out and a dozen in. I don't think we'll get to that get to that number. Um but I think a lot depends on the next on the next few weeks and how Rangers then play the contract situation. Um because I think the other interesting thing to come from Michael's daily section yesterday was saying that no no contracts have been put on the table for the for the guys whose deals are, are coming towards an end. Now, they will know roughly what Ryan Kent is looking for, what Alfredo's looking for. They'll know what they'll be able to keep Scott Arfield and Ryan Jack on, on wages-wise. Um, but the manager did say no, and no deals have been put on the have been put on the table. And I'll be interested to see how many they actually, actually retain. How many of these guys do you hold on to just to be squad players? Because I don't think retaining many of them to then say that you'll be a first team player, a first team starter next season. So I don't think that's going to win over a win over a fan base who are um, bears yeah. with slow heads to put it to put it lightly these days. Yeah, not half. Um, Scott says uh, Greg say Kent and Buff nailed on starters will need replaced in in the summer. Um, they did say one or two contract situations to, to sort out. I think that the one or two. Uh, I'm assuming are Kent and uh, Morelos. Um, of of the players that are out of contract at this moment in time, Chris, if, if you if, if you and Michael Beale sat there, um, who 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 are you keeping on for for, for next season? It is for me that Kent and uh, Morelos yeah. one that certainly divides opinion, isn't it? That there's, you, you'll find that a certain amount of Rangers fans that, that are happy to see him go and move on to pastures new. There are some, of course, that that, that hold him in high regard and. and, and um, and love and love him for the, the the sort of contribution he's made since since he arrived at the club. Um, would you like to see both of them stay? And is there any others you you can see realistically staying on? Um, Ken, I would like to stay. Morelos, unfortunately, I'm I'm nonplussed about. Um, which yeah. we consider his record. You consider how good he was at his best. 
if somebody had said to him he's scoring against Porto and tearing up in, in Europa League a couple of seasons later, you'd be happy to let him go for nothing. You would have said you were mad. I think Morelos has come to the end of his end of his cycle. They could have cashed in previously. They've also decided not to. I think it's now just a it's best for all parties to uh, to move on. Um but really interesting to see if Alfredo does leave where he ends up because it's not going to be at your Premier League, Serie A, La Liga type move that everybody thought he would have got. There was a, a train of thought two or three seasons ago that he was destined to play for a Porto or a Sevilla and be at, be at that level of European competition. I'd be amazed if that's where he ends up now. Um, Ryan Kent, I think Michael Beale could get the best out of him. Um, yeah. I, think there's, I think there's merit in another another contract because I also think there's probably a resale value in, in Ryan Kent if, if you can tie him up for another couple of seasons. He has one, one good more year. You can then maybe... T- Sell them down the road and make some of your make some of your money back. McGregor, I think it's fairly certain that he's going to retire now. I know we said that this time last year, but I think it's, <laughs> I think it's certain this time around. The other ones, Hollander will, will be allowed to will be allowed to leave. Um, Jack and Arfield are really interesting ones. I really like both players. Yes. I really like both guys that they'll be great to deal with over their Rangers career. I think it would be wrong to completely dismiss the two of them because uh, Michael has said a couple of times it's. He, he mentioned it again yesterday. You have to be ruthless, but you can't be reckless. And I think if you remove too much of a core of a squad at once, you risk going too far the other way. It does still take guys in a dressing room that know that know the club, that know the standards, that can just be can just be leaders, that can just be figures. I think if if Ryan and Scott are happy to be not part players, but to, to see their playing time reduced over the next season or maybe two seasons, and in Ryan Jack's case, I think they're probably worthy of a of a deal, but I know there's a lot of people that would just say, no, it's time just to go and clear the board and, and get rid. Um, I think there's a number of players that are still under contract whose futures are up for debate as well, um, and I made the point over the over the weekend after the Celtic game. Really interesting to see if if you went through the entire squad and said to Rangers fans, how many of these guys would you really, really fight to hold on to? Who would you be really upset yeah. if they moved on? I don't think they'd be that long a list, and that's not to um, put down or, or diminish everything that guys have done for the club. That's not to say that Tavernier and Golson and Kent and Morelos and Jack and Arfield, they've not been great servants. They, ha- they have done their bit. Ultimately, they've not won enough and, it, and there will become a tipping point where their service gets overlooked because the team is still is still failing on the park. Um, so it's, it's come up to a really interesting summer for Rangers and it's interesting to see how the manager how the manager plays it and which which of these guys he holds on to and which he has to have the conversation say, look, thanks, but no, no thanks, it's time to it's time to go separate ways. Yeah, an interesting summer is certainly something I think we've been talking about for a fair few years now, Chris, isn't it? It always seems to be an interesting summer when, when it comes to Rangers and uh, rebuilds and revamps and what have you. And it certainly will be the case this summer. Uh, Scott Cameron raised a good point on Morelos. For a million pounds, Buff has been an unbelievable player for Rangers. Gave us far more back. Totally agree. Uh, and he'll go with Matt. Best wishes when he does move on. It will be interesting, like you say, Chris, to see where he ends up. Um, I've got no idea. I've got to be honest with you. Like you... La Liga, uh, Ligue 1 and uh, the Premier League down south, I think, are, are out of reach for him based on uh, where he is at the moment uh, with term, in terms of his, uh, his uh, form and his playing career. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what, what what his destination is. and may, may even go back to, to his homeland, of course, but um, who knows? That's, that's one to keep an eye on. Um, John Lundstrom was also put up for the press yesterday, uh, Chris. Uh, 
as uh, as uh, answers to some of the questions. Certainly created a bit of uh, debate on social media. It's fair to say he was talking about, uh, of course, uh, the disappointing result uh, on Sunday. Uh, he was asked, "Do you understand the fans' anger?" He says, "Of course, as players, at the end of the day, there's no one angrier than we are." Myself, going home after that, reflecting on it, I was just so disappointed in the performance and the performance levels. First and foremost, you've got to look at yourself, and I have, especially, I take a lot of responsibility for my own performance. I was hugely disappointed and angry with myself, angry with the team, but we've all got to stick together. He says he wasn't involved in the game as much as he would like to be. For one reason or another, we were just a yard off it, and every time we were getting up to the ball, we couldn't seemed to get close enough as we wanted to. And he was also asked about the gap between Celtic and Rangers and what did Sunday show you in terms of that gap. It's just one game. We didn't turn up and they turned up. I think the combination, as I just said, didn't complement each other well. We didn't turn up. They turned up. So it looks like there's a massive gap. It looked like that on the weekend. But in my personal opinion, I don't think it is massive. Uh, what do you make of John Lundstrom's comments yesterday, Chris? Um, he also touched on uh, what the aims are for the season ahead. He says, we've still got to play Celtic twice uh, and hopefully reach a Scottish Cup final, which uh, created a bit of a stir. Um, a lot of Rangers fans saying, why did they not say win the, the, the Scottish Cup, retain the trophy? What were your main takeaways from that press conference yesterday? Uh, that John Lundstrom got the short straw and got asked to do the press a couple of days after an old firm final defeat, uh, to be fair. No, yeah. no matter who was sitting in that seat yesterday, the, the Twitter uh, reaction and the online reaction was, was always going to be the same. You could have sat Brian Loud up down there and asked him to explain yeah. himself and people were still giving him a hard time. Um, I thought John was, he said all the things that he, he could say. I know the, the line about reaching a cup final rather than winning a cup final. I think on reflection he would maybe take that one back and, and answer it differently. In terms of like, going through the going through the game, it was roughly what you expect him to say. I don't think he was ever going to come out and say, no, we deserve to win the game or, or anything like that, because mm -hmm. obviously Rangers didn't. Um, it's just it's one of these situations. I think people were more more interested to hear from the manager yesterday. Um, again, John spoke to us and that stuff will be out early on tonight and then, and then tomorrow's papers. Um, so I think he, he got the short straw, he dealt with it, and it's one of these ones. You, you just have to grin and bear it, get through it, and then move on. Uh, there wasn't a lot of chat about Kelly on Saturday, put it that way, uh, and un understandably because all, all the focus has to has to go back to Hamden, um, and only the only the players themselves will know why they were that that yard off it, or perhaps even more a yard in. In some respects, I don't think there was MD that really played played well last week. Alan McGregor maybe gets pass marks for a couple of yeah. saves, but. Um, the manager admitted that they made mistakes, the staff made mistakes. Only the players know themselves why, for an old firm cup final, a chance to win silverware and a chance to give something back to the fans that they all that they always speak about. Only they know in their in their own minds and in their own hearts why they why they failed to do it. Yeah, um I remember we had a chat just prior to uh kickoff on Sunday, Chris, and I think much like uh, the vast majority of Rangers fans, it was concerned about the team selection in that midfield. Lundstrom did say he owned up to his performance yesterday. Uh, he says he was just a yard off it. It certainly looked like that. Um, it was surprising to see him last uh, as long as he did. Uh, broken those boxing raises a point. Lundstrom's been poor all season. Needs dropped for multiple games if we have fit centre mids. 
Um, he's not played. He's not the only one, Chris, but he's not been anywhere near his best this season. And can you see him being dropped tomorrow for 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 someone else? Um, Raskin, I mean, Raskin for me has to be the first name in the team sheet from here on in, and, and barring injury. But uh, Lundstrom, yeah, he was. He, he was just he was just not at the races on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I, I would be surprised if he started tomorrow. I think it depends on how, how Ryan Jack is. I, I would like to see a midfield of Jack and Raskin. Um, I don't think Kamara and Lundstrom on form deserve a start. And for all the talk of, oh, well, we want competition for places and we want uh, you know, bringing players in, brings out the best in people, there has to be, there has to be a key payback on that. So if you don't play well, you have to lose your spot. On, on form, um, as we said pre-match last week, we both agreed. I didn't think Glenn Kamara should have started. Raskin should have started. And it has been quite interesting to see a lot of the fallout has been very vociferous towards the manager. Quite not, not surprising in an extent because you always expect people to get stick after an old firm defeat, certainly in a, in a cup final. But I think a lot of it has been directed towards the manager rather than the players because people say, well, Beal picked the wrong team, didn't change it at half time, finally made subs in the second half. There's also questions of the Morello sub, uh, why, not, why Scott Arfield didn't get put on. And I think that the manager has really been like a lightning rod for a lot of the comment. And the players, as much as they have deservedly got criticism for it, I think they've almost got off a wee bit lightly in some regards because because the manager has really taken as much of the as much of the flag for it. Um, safe to say the, the Ibrox crowd are owed a performance tomorrow. Um, but ultimately, as we've said for a number of weeks, it's not going to make any difference because they are just the one result away from be able to finally say, look, the league is done. Everybody knows it. Nobody can see it. But as soon as they fall 11 or 12 points behind, that's it done. Uh, if it comes at home to Achilles' side, who have had a fairly poor, shall we say, form away from home, uh, yeah. Ibrox will be very, very, very interesting tomorrow. I think I think Rangers will get through it. They'll probably win 2-0. It'll be fairly low-key. It'll be fairly dull. Um, and one of these games where people are just counting down until the end of the until the end of the Premiership season. It's all on the Scottish Cup now for Rangers. Um, and as one of the guys said as we were waiting um, to go round for the press like yesterday, Rangers' biggest game of the season now is Hearts v Celtic in the Scottish Cup. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not a half. Listen, that's a, a tricky match over there. It was a uh, a close-run thing, I think, in the league. Last time, a high-scoring game, of course, at Tynecastle. Hearts will fancy their chances at home. Uh, and I think you're spot on there, Chris. I think those two uh, are Rangers' biggest uh, rivals for that, that trophy. Aldo says, uh, spot on, Chris. There must be consequences for poor performances. Uh, and that leads me on. There's, there's a question, an interesting one here, Chris, from, from William. It says, uh, the only game we've actually played well under Beal is a Hearts game. Um, would you go along with that? And is that a concern for you going forward? Uh, that he hasn't really. I mean, that is the, the standard bearer. I think that 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 match at Tynecastle Rangers were sensational that night from from start to finish, pretty much. Um, and they've not really came anywhere near those heights since. I think Michael mentioned that game as a justification for the midfield that he picked at the weekend yeah. and said, "Well, those those two guys played well in the Tynecastle game." That was also in a game where Hearts had no midfield apart from Robert yeah. Snodgrass. So I think that was a really strange barometer of where Lundstrom yeah. and Kamara were and how well it could be for that uh, for the whole front game last week. They did play well at Hearts, deserved to win the game, could have won but more. I think in spells and other matches they've, they've played well, they've scored some nice goals, kept a couple of clean sheets. But it's, it's tricky because he's working with a squad depleted through injury, 
working with a squad, a number of guys who know their futures potentially lie elsewhere. Um, and when he was speaking to us yesterday, he actually reminded me of the Terry Butcher situation when he went in at, at Hibs and basically wrote off the squad saying, these guys aren't good enough, I'll, I'll, build, I'll build my squad for next season. And we all know how that ended. Michael couldn't come in December and basically just write off the second half of the season. And because it wouldn't be accepted from his point of view, it wouldn't have been accepted to lose five or six league games and lose a couple of cup ties and end up with nothing. He had to still win games, he had to still try and build some form of momentum, even though he probably knows himself that the core of this group, or quite a lot of this group, won't be there next season. He couldn't just afford to say, Well, second half of the season, we'll park it, it doesn't matter, we'll just play the games and get through it. So I, I think he's done what he had to do in terms of just keeping things ticking over, keeping guys on side not writing them day off, not saying no, the two, three, four are definitely out the door. Um, I think performances haven't haven't been good. It's almost been as as expected because as a group who haven't really produced for a long time domestically now, a group who are on the way in, a number of them on, on the way out. Um, I don't think you're ever going to see a marked rise between Gio and Bill. It was going to be a gradual process. And as the manager said yesterday, He's looking for another 25% rise next season. Um, so if that if that doesn't come, if we're sitting here 10, 12 weeks into next season and the performances are still really boring in, in some regards and, that, and kind of going through the motions, then there's real questions to be asked about Michael Beal as manager. Right now, I think he is just ticking the games off, get, getting through them, grinning and bearing it and yeah. just counting down the days until we can get to the summer and then the real work can really begin. Yeah, I think that's uh, spot on there, Chris. Um, lots of, we'll touch on a few more comments before we, we wrap up. Uh, Jamie Hunter says, uh, Derek, you're spot on, buddy. Raskin has to be the first name on the team sheet. If anything, he gives the fans a lift. Uh, Kamara isn't interested. He would be first out the door, he says. And Andrew Gill talks about Kamara. He says, why is my criticism of Kamara being censored by this channel? It's, uh, anything but, Andrew. We'll, we'll talk about it right now, buddy. Um, Kamara, like Lundstrom for me, Chris, uh, Tyne Castle aside, has been so off the pace this uh, season that it defies belief. Um, I think he's one that the supporters we touched on, uh, Morelos and the fans not being too miffed if he was to move on for, for pastures new. I think Kamara falls into that bracket. But again, it's it's finding buyers uh, for these players in the summer based on current form. You may be struggling a little bit. I think they'll still find someone to take him, but it wouldn't be at the level of fee that they would have got for him last summer, which is when he should have moved on. Kamara is like Morelos and like a number of these project players you don't sign them to still have them four or five seasons on. That's that's not the gig. You sign them, you win a league, you play in Europe, and you sell them on. And when you don't sell them on, they then become disenfranchised, if you like, or they're a bit, well, why, why am I still here? Kamara has, has seen Calvin Bassey come in, get a move. He's seen Joe Rebo come in, get a move, and he's still he's still there. That wasn't part of the that wasn't part of the plan. It wasn't part of the plan to still have Alfredo all these seasons on. Mm. Um, so I think the the time way to really maximise your value on Kamara has gone. I think Rangers have, have missed that boat. They will pay for that because the fee they, they get for him in the summer, talking four four five million pounds maybe if you if you're lucky to yeah, give his contract situation in form. I think that's if they can get that for him, it's it's really good business because on on current form he's not a five million pound player. Whereas mm. eighteen months ago. He's been talked about as a ten million pound player, yeah. um, so I think the I think the time the time has come for Glenn to move on again. Like like a number of these guys, he's been great value for fifty grand. You can't quibble. Now he's, he's he's more than he's more than done his bit and earned his earned his keep. He's played in 
big European games, scored in big European games. He's helped helped to win the league in the Scottish Cup. He's done his bit, but it's now time to it's now time to move on. Um, I think if you're looking at sellable assets in that squad, he's probably one of the few. I think that's another problem that Rangers do have heading into the summer. You don't have an Aribo or a Calvin Bassett. You can say, well, that's basically money in the bank. You don't have a Nathan Patterson that's come through the academy. There's money in the bank because you know you'll get a big fee for them. Kamara's probably one that's um, that they can get a decent fee for. Um, as I think it's just a much like a number of the players. It's th- thanks, but no thanks. He'll, he should he should be allowed to move on, go and kickstart his career somewhere else, and be thanked for everything he's done for the club over the over the last couple of seasons. Um, I think him and a number of the players. I hope it doesn't turn sour over the next couple of months because yeah. these guys. Do deserve thanks for for what they've done. Um, as I said earlier on, they've not won enough. They've not been successful enough. The the big game defeats, no firm defeats, and cup finals, Hamden defeats. They hurt. They'll be on their record. They can't be forgotten. But that doesn't completely overshadow all the good things that a number of these players have have done for the club. And I think they, I think they do deserve to go um, on on good terms. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Uh, Caroline says that in current form, who will buy our players? That's it. That's a that's a big question. Come the summer, that's up to, to Ross Wilson and, and, and the club to um, to negotiate. And hopefully there will be buyers for uh, a, a good few of them. Rangers need to, uh, as Michael Beale said himself, they need to revamp uh, that squad in the summertime. In terms of tomorrow, Chris, as you said, rightly said, there wasn't too many questions uh, on Kilmarnock at the press conference. In terms of uh, team, the team that, that Michael Beale will uh, look to start tomorrow. Do you foresee a number of changes to that starting lineup that we saw on Sunday, or is he is he able to based on the injury situation? I'd be surprised if it's widespread changes. And I think the keeper on the back four probably play as we've discussed. I think Raskin has to play. I would think Todd Cantwell comes back in just to try and give the fans a bit of a lift as well. Your front three almost picks itself. Not Kent, Marello, Sakala. I don't really see anybody that's, that's pushing to to get in there. Um, I think it'll be, I think Rangers will win the game. I don't yeah. think it's set up to be a classic. If you're going along to books tomorrow, enjoy your day out. Um, but I don't think you'll be seeing five or six goals raining in in a, in a classic Rangers performance. Hopefully we're wrong. There's lots to talk about, lots to lots to write about and lots to get the fans back on side. But um, the big the big test for Rangers tomorrow is scoring early because if it gets to half hour and Kelly has had a wee sniff, um, the, the home fans will not be slow in coming forward, put it that way. Yeah, yeah, and I'm sure Derek McInnes will be telling his uh, Kilmarnock players that as well, just to frustrate uh, Rangers. And the longer it goes on, of course, we know what Ibrox can be like at times. It's a heavy shirt to wear uh, when things aren't going well, but hopefully Rangers can get the the job done tomorrow. Uh, Three points is an absolute must. Uh, Big thanks to Chris uh, for joining us as ever. Thank you, Chris. Uh, Enjoy the game. uh, tomorrow and if you're heading over to iBrooks then safe travels to each and every one of you um, just a reminder if you want to take advantage of the Rangers Review website we've got that offer on just now just £2 for two months worth of content head over to rangersreview.co.uk forward slash subscribe for all the details we'll have all the usual pre-match and post-match uh, reaction from iBrooks tomorrow folks so stay tuned for that uh, and we'll be back again on Monday uh, to look back on what hopefully will be uh, a three points uh, for Michael Beale and Rangers but until then Uh, enjoy your Friday and